Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Of course, the big news with the Washington Commanders was Jack Del Rio losing his job. And Ron Rivera will take over as the play caller on the defensive side of the ball. And most believe that the defense will improve and that maybe Ron Rivera will blitz more than Jack Del Rio. And it's a hard question. Was the defense bad because of the players and the talent, or is it bad because of the schemes and the execution? I kind of think it was a combination of the two. But the question of the day on the Richmond Commanders, are you as upset as I am that the Commanders aren't even in the hunt? 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Phone lines are open here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. It is November 28th, 2023, and the Washington Commanders have seven teams ahead of them for the final wild card spot in the NFC. They have no shot. They have no opportunity. The season was over last week, but now it's even worse after the loss to the Dallas Cowboys. And the only bright spot is they're inching closer to that number one overall pick. Now that's not going to happen because the Panthers are one in 10. They just fired their coach. They're not going to get any better, but the Cardinals might win a game or two. Washington is tied with the Giants and the Chicago Bears. Both teams beat Washington. Now, it does does get ranked by strength of schedule based on who will get the higher pick in the NFL draft, but that's what I'm so frustrated about here today, right? I'll be honest with you guys. Not being in the hunt in November is depressing as a Skins Commanders fan because I'll be honest with you. I live in the hunt. I've lived in the hunt for 30 years now. My team has never been dominant in the NFC. We've never been 10 and 1 at this point in the season, not in my lifetime. We've always been hovering around 500 and we can hope that we win a few games at the end of the season and get into the postseason. We hope that we go on a win streak at the end of the year and win the division and play a road playoff game or a home playoff game. It is November and we're not even in the hunt. And it hit me hard last night. It hit me like I was hitting the head with a bowling ball last night when they put up the graphic for the playoffs on Monday Night Football, and they had all the teams in the hunt. And in the hunt, they included the stinking Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Ritter, a team that we beat. The Green Bay Packers at 5-6. and six, The LA Rams, who have been a struggle bus this season. And the New Orleans Saints. Well, the, All of those teams are in the hunt. The Falcons are leading the division right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're not in the hunt. They're, they're winning. <laughs> they're in the playoffs if they begin right now. I know. That's how depressing it is that they're showing all of these terrible franchises that Washington should be better than, should have more talent than, and those teams are in the hunt. While the commanders are in the hunt for a new GM, in the hunt for a new coach, and maybe even in the hunt for a new quarterback. I feel strongly that Sam Howell can be our quarterback of the future, but each week, it's like 
I want to see a great performance. That's all that matters to me. I told you guys three weeks ago. I'm not going to pick this team to win another game. Wins and losses don't matter to me anymore. What matters is the offense scoring more than 21 points a game. We couldn't do that against the Dallas Cowboys. Only scoring 10. And here we are this weekend with a game against the Miami Dolphins. I don't want to preview this game. You know what? I've got zero keys to victory. They've locked the doors, Stub. I'm locked out. I've got nothing for you. We'll probably lose by 30 points to the Dolphins. What kind of what kind of keys to victory do I have with Ron Rivera taking over the defense and the offense sticking it up for three of the last four games? What is going on in Washington? It's so frustrating to be a DC sports fan right now, including the Commanders. We are not even in the hunt. The season is over with five games and a bye week to be played. That is depressing. That is Ron Rivera finally hitting rock bottom. That's why I've said, remove him from his duties. Please, Ron. I, earlier this season, I wrote you a handwritten letter. I sent it into Ashburn. Did you receive it? Obviously not, because you haven't turned in your key card yet. I'm tired of Ron Rivera coaching my franchise, and so I am doubling down. I will not watch the game this Sunday. I'm boycotting it. Stubb, you're going to have to watch I'll the game and take I'll notes. I'll be there. All right? Instead of AWOD's 10 takeaways, we'll do Stubb's 10 takeaways on Monday. <laughs> and it'll probably be another Misery Monday. But I don't even want to call it a Misery Monday anymore because losses are actually better for the future. Just a Monday. It's just a just, just a, a everyday Monday. <laughs> just a just another Monday. Because I don't care anymore. I don't. And I have nothing to be excited for for next season right now until Ron Rivera is gone. That's the first thing that they need to do for me. I cannot wait until the Monday after the Super Bowl when they say, Ron, you're no longer needed. Then we can look at hiring someone else. And that's that's the topics that's going on right now. Right? Grant and Danny did a whole 15 minutes yesterday. You can hear them right after me from 3 to 6 p.m. Breaking down some candidates who would be the head coach next year. It's too early for me to do that, Stub. I don't even want to do the research yet. Maybe it's me being lazy. I don't want to look into Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, all these names that probably are going to end up being bus. How mad, like how like ruined would your, I don't know, year be mm-hmm. if they didn't fire Ron Rivera? Like what would what would happen? Like what would unleash inside? Of I would you? burn a Commander's jersey. <laughs> I would no. If Ron Rivera's coaching this team next year, I'm not watching. I'm not going to be on the beat. We'll probably start. We'll try. We'll, we'll change it to be the uh, the Richmond Ravens every day at 1 p.m. <laughs> because I won't talk Commanders anymore. The Richmond Vikings. <laughs> Believe me, I know there's a lot of people out here in Richmond that are diehard fans like myself here, but this is rock bottom. It's November, and the season's already over. Usually. It's December. Usually it's around my birthday, December 26th, and we've got two or three games left, and that's it. We can either grasp that they go on a three-game winning streak or, or they're done. They have no shot this season. And, in fact, we've re- we've regressed. We've gone downhill. Games that we won last year, we're losing this year. And, once again, the Commanders are now sitting at the bottom of the NFC East. That's the most frustrating thing, that Tommy DeVito and his chicken parm have won two games, and now they're 4-8, and eight, and they've got more positive momentum than Washington. That's all I wanted, right, was some kind of momentum at the end of the season so that it'd get me fired up for the offseason. That's why I said, fire Ron Rivera, bring in Chris Cooley, Daryl Green, Ryan Kerrigan, let somebody else coach the team, and if they can get one win under a somebody else, 
It would get me fired up for next season. I have nothing to be excited about for next season. Until we hire a new GM. And the GM hires a new coach. But it's too early for me to even look at who are the possibilities. I don't know. We don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Right? What did we do last offseason? We knew we were going to fire Scott Turner. That was obvious. Right? All season long, the offense was terrible. Even with Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, it was the play calling that was the issues. And the team finished the season below 500, out of a playoff spot. They fired Scott Turner, and they waited till the end of the regular season. We were all talking about who's going to be the offense coordinator. Well, here are the candidates, these guys, A, B, and C. Ron Rivera waited. The Super Bowl came and went. He waited. And then after the Super Bowl, they flew Eric Bieniemy to town, and we hired our offense coordinator. So find out for next year, we're going to have to wait until after the Super Bowl. That's yeah, the storyline yeah. when we go to Vegas, hopefully, to cover the Super Bowl, is who's going to be in charge of the team next year? Who's going to be the GM? But for the next five weeks here, there's nothing positive to talk about with the commanders. There's nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, we can keep evaluating Sam Howell, but if we keep losing games, we're going to have an opportunity for Caleb Williams or Drake May. Then you've really got a conundrum. you got to figure out, hey, do we use that draft pick on an offensive lineman, on a superstar wide receiver, or do we completely hit the reset and let the new GM and the new head coach decide who their franchise quarterback should be? Is that guy on the roster, or is he playing college football right now? If you want to chime in, give me your thoughts. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. And, of course, my listeners, members of the AWOD Army, can sign up on FanDuel and use the promo code AWOD to take advantage of their offers in the NFL. And you can bet on this. Even though the Eagles have the best record in the NFL, the sports books are seeing the Super Bowl going in a different direction. Stubb, could you guess who you think is the favorite right now to win the Lombardi Trophy? It is not the Philadelphia Eagles. Is it the? It's not the Chiefs, is it? Is it is it, not the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't think so. Is it the Ravens? It's not the Baltimore Ravens. Really? It's not the Miami Dolphins. It is the San Francisco 49ers. Huh. Still... Uh, the top dog now in the Super Bowl odds, second place is Kansas City plus 425. Eagles are third. Dolphins and Ravens are tied for fourth and fifth. And then Cowboys in there uh, ahead of the Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you who would you pick right now to win the Super Bowl? I Ra- think I'd have to go Eagles. I'm Ravens. You're all I, oh, that I, was my original I prediction. Know. I, I think that they just are the only team that looks good in every single aspect. The only problem with the Ravens is I can just see a good defense shutting Lamar down, right? Because he just, as much as he is the most dynamic quarterback maybe in the history of the NFL other than Michael Vick, he can well, run, you, he can throw. It's his accuracy that is an issue at times. Did you see that stat that he got the most, rush, like 5,000 rushing yards in 20 less games than Michael Vick? Really? Yeah, like he, it took him like 80 and it took Michael Vick like 100. So yeah. he's looking good. Yeah, no, he really is. All right, so CBS comes up with their overreactions here every Tuesday, and we love to break them down. I'll tell you whether Awad agrees or disagrees with a ding or a dong. Number one, Jalen Hurts is the most clutch quarterback in the NFL right now. 
I'm going to have to agree, right? I mean, he's found a way to lead the Eagles to victory when they're down in games and when they're down by double digits, and he's done it again. They were down by 10 points in the second half, and it was like Jalen Hurts turned into Michael Jordan, able to lead the Eagles back, and of course, he sends it to overtime, and then he runs it in for the final score himself. I mean, it was just really incredible uh, game there by Jalen Hurts, and he's been so good all season long, uh, but it was the 59-yard field goal by Jake Elliott that sent the game to overtime. Here's the call on WIP. Hold your breath. Ball is spotted. The kick is away, and the kick is... It's goodable time! <laughs> he is amazing! Oh, he boy. is amazing! So I was at the Orlando airport before... And this was right after I'd lost my laptop, but didn't know I had lost my laptop. And Eagles fans were screaming. And this one lady was like, can you guys not scream in an airport? It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but Eagles fans were losing their mind, and then they win that game in overtime. I mean, so that I, kick, yeah. like in the rain, in the wind, 59 yards, like that's not <laughs> – that is a rare, rare kick to get. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that game, the Bills – are not going to the playoffs. Is that an overreaction or not? I'm going to say that's an overreaction. I, I, I still think the Bills end up in the playoffs here. Look, uh, it's tough in the AFC. They are right now currently the 10th seed, trailing the Denver Broncos, the Houston Texans, and the Colts for that 7th spot. The thing is, I just think Buffalo is going to get hot towards the end of the season here. But let me bring up their schedule and just double check, and and maybe maybe I'm uh, I'm wrong here. So, it's Chiefs this weekend. That is a tough game. Yeah. That's you know what? That's a three star game. That is that's a possibility to be AWOD's certified game of the week right there. Bills at Chiefs with their playoff hopes maybe on the line. But then it's home against the Cowboys. That's a tough game. But then they do have two cupcake games, I believe, at the Chargers and then home against the Patriots. So if they win those two games, they're looking at an eight win team, maybe nine. I think it might take ten though to get into the playoffs in, in the AFC. I mean Stub, the Bills might be in trouble. I do think it's an overreaction to say they're not getting into the playoffs right now just because they lost to the Eagles and they're 6-6. Six and six. But, man, they're going to have to jump the Broncos, the Texans, and the Colts. I, I disagree with you. I don't think the Bills make it. Really? I've been out on the Bills ever since I watched them play the Broncos. Yeah. But I think with Broncos and Texans also hunting for it, I think both of those teams are looking better than the Bills right you wanna now. You want to do a dollar bet? I'll do a dollar bet. Dollar bet. You, your Bill's out. I'm Bill's in. Yep. All right, lock, lock it in. Lock, lock it in. Locked in. Yep, here, let me spit on my hand. All right, now we're good. Yep, lock it in. All right, let's go with another overreaction here in the AFC. They say Bill Bi Bill Belichick should be fired before the end of the season. Is that overreaction or is that reality? I think that's an overreaction because if I'm a Patriots fan, I, I believe in Bill Belichick. I'm giving him one more year to right the ship because the quarterback play has been so bad. Yeah, the defense isn't terrible, right? The Giants yeah. game, they lost 10-7. The, the when guy, you give up 10 points, you should win in the NFL. The guy's a legend for the Patriots. Yeah. To kick him out midseason just feels like a disrespectful right. thing. Kicking out Ron Rivera, the right thing to do. Yes. <laughs> Kicking out Bill Belichick, that's an overreaction. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with you there. Um, how about, you talked about this yesterday. Your winner of the week, or your loser of the week was Matt Canada. Steelers' <laughs> offense was significantly better without Ma Matt Canada. Is that an overreaction or is that the reality? Oh, that's the reality. I think that's the reality, <laughs> yeah. right? Now, the thing is, is they only scored 16 points, 
but they gained 421 yards, snapping a streak of 58 straight games of under 400 total yards. Yeah, that's it's so clear that Matt Canada's the difference here. Like, how could you say otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I still think that Kenny Pickett's not good enough. Like, I, no. I, I would say that there's a better chance that the Bills get into the playoffs than the Steelers right now, uh, even though the Steelers are the five seed at seven and four. I just, I just don't like that offense. I really don't. Najee Harris finally had a good game, and well, their schedule is pretty easy though. That's where I, I need to eat my words. Is they play Arizona this week, then New England, then Indianapolis. Those are probably three wins, and then maybe they lose Cincinnati, Seattle, and Baltimore, and end the season on a three-game losing streak. But man. If 10 games is what it's going to take to get into the playoffs, Steelers probably have a better shot than the Even Bills then, right now. Uh, Bengals, Cincinnati, they don't have Joe Burrow. That's yeah. probably an easy win for them, too. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, any other overreactions that you wanted to throw out there here on an overreaction Tuesday, Stubb? Uh, I don't think I have any. I I, I, I had not. Let, we, we, we focused a lot on the AFC. Let's go over to the NFC here with a little bit of an overreaction, and I will throw this out there right now. Dallas Cowboys destroy the Washington Commanders. Are they going to win a playoff game? Dallas Cowboys win a playoff game this year. Reality over or overreaction? I'm going to say it's an overreaction. I, I mean, look, the thing is, is that they're going to be lined up against in the wild card, Seattle, most likely, or it, it could even be uh, Minnesota or the Atlanta Falcons. If they get Atlanta, they'll win a playoff yeah. game. Well, I think that Thursday is going to be a good show if they can beat the Seahawks because that's what the Thursday night game is. Oh, that is a good Thursday night game. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that the Cowboys honestly beat all three of those teams. All right. Here's another uh, overreaction or reality. The Detroit Lions can be a Super Bowl contender. After a loss on Thanksgiving, can they get it together? They are still 8-3. and three. And they've been playing decent ball offensively. The defense has let them down recently. Are they still Super Bowl contenders? Or is it Eagles, 49ers, and maybe Cowboys, Seahawks in the NFC? I think that the Eagles and 49ers are too much better than the Lions. I'm I'm going to I'm gonna give the Lions still an opportunity here. I, a, I just it's a chance. It's a been, small one. They've been playing really good football throughout the season. I'm not gonna let one loss uh, you know just take their season and throw it away. They were on a four-game win streak, then they lost to Baltimore. Then they had a three-game win streak, then they lost to Green Bay. Their schedule is very favorable for them. At New Orleans this weekend, I expect them to bounce back. Then at Chicago, that's a win. Then it's Denver. Um, So I think they could be looking at another three-game win streak before they face off against Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings. They have to play the Vikings twice, which is really the reason why I think the announcers were saying last night the Vikings needed to win that game to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Because the Lions will most likely kick their butt twice. Yeah. Uh, you could hope for a one and one, but eh. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Who is the Vikings' backup quarterback right now? Like, if they decide to move on from Josh Dobbs, who do they give an opportunity to right now? I guess Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall are the only other guys on the chart. I don't think they would right do now. that. I think that the Dobbs storyline is bringing in too many, too much excitement. It is, but a four interception game. And a loss to the Bears, you, you kind of have to think about it. You, you absolutely think about have it. to think I, I about it. I think they're going to think about it. I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. No, you're right. And I do think his ability to scramble gives them an opportunity to win more games than Nick Mullins does. Yeah. It, it's, they're just going to be the Jets, I think, if they give up on Dobbs. And you don't want another Doyle. 
Yeah, no, you definitely don't. Uh, but the Thursday night game for this week is a good one. Seahawks at Cowboys. We'll preview that one tomorrow as we officially turn the page in the NFL from week 12 to week 13. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, there are a ton of local schools who will be playing postseason football. Who made it to a bowl game? And who didn't? We break that down next as we go around University Drive talking all things college football in the state of Virginia. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Time to go around all the college football action in the state of Virginia here on University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, rivalries, rankings, all the college football in the state of Virginia. We'll follow the action all season long. College football, baby! University Drive on AWOD Radio. And we start with the Hokies as the Hokies strike and strike again and then strike on special teams and beat Virginia for an 18th time in 19 meetings. And because of the victory, They can go to a bowl game. So the season that began with a revenge game victory over ODU, 36-17, winning the game that they had lost the previous season. Then you host Purdue and that crazy rain delay for six hours. I think that's why the Hokies lost at home. Their only home loss of the season until NC State last week. And with the loss to NC State, there was a lot on the line for this game against UVA. Obviously, it's the Commonwealth Cup. It's a huge game for the program it's an in-state rivalry game but it was heightened because the fact that one the two teams didn't face off against each other last year and so it was the first time you got coach Brent Pry in his second season against coach Tony Elliott also in his second season at UVA and it was a wire to wire victory for the Hokies final score 55 to 17 as the Hokies led 24 nothing at halftime, Stubb, you're a Virginia Tech grad, and you were watching the game with your dad who went to UVA? Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I, yeah it, it was my, I watched with my mom and dad. They were both rooting for UVA. I was rooting for Tech. And just, you know, sitting there with a smile for the whole game as, right. <laughs> as my Hokies I mean, destroyed. <laughs> there was, like, no point in the game where I thought that UVA was going to win, right? No. I mean, it was just, it was a domination from start to finish. They were great defensively. They were great on offense as well. I mean, it was fun to watch. It really oh, was. Yeah. You, it, it was a great game. And then just the fact that the Virginia Tech students were the ones to storm the field at the end. Yeah. Great stuff. That's and, that's the Tech students that I know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they were able to shower Coach Pry not <laughs> once but twice with a Gatorade bath. Uh, well, that was a ton of fun. And uh, here's the touchdown call on the ACC Network as the Hokies went up 31 to nothing early in the second half. Virginia Tech is dominated in this game. That is correct. And they continue to do so here. Felton, he's their big play threat in the passing game, and he's going to convert a big play here. 84 yards, the Hokies. We move over to UVA here on University Drive. As the Hoos lost to Virginia Tech, uh, you know, really put a damper on a season that there were a few bright spots, including the play of Anthony Calandria, uh, the talented freshman 
who they it was a weird situation this season where they wanted to redshirt him and then because of Tony Musket's injury they were forced to throw him back in the lineup. They finished the season two and six in the ACC and three and nine overall and uh, just really I think you can define the second season of the Tony Elliott era by the close losses and it began with the one point defeat to JMU and then it was a three point loss at home to NC State, in which they should have won that game. Then they go to Boston College, and they lose that one by three points. Then it's Miami. You have that game won in the fourth quarter. You lose in overtime. And then by Louisville, you had that game. You were up by se- by 14 in the second half against the best team in the ACC, uh, the second-best team in Louisville, in Louisville, and you lose that game to a couple fourth-quarter touchdowns. Uh, you do get the big win against Duke, 30-27. to But, man, I mean, it's just the season defined by missed opportunities uh, for the Hoos. Some good news, though. Paris Jones, the running back who suffered a major injury, is heading home. The senior running back is scheduled to return to Charlottesville. Uh, our, our friend Ann Parker Coleman reports for his next phase of rehab. He has been receiving care at the Fraser Rehabilitation Center in Louisville, following spinal surgery. So really good news to see that Paris Jones is going to be heading home. I, I do need to shout out Calandria from that game because he got beat up. Yeah. he he. You could see like the marks of the helmet on his face in between quarters. He got hit hard more times than I've seen anyone get hit. I, I felt bad for the – he's like a freshman, well, right? Well, the thing was that did you see on social media he guaranteed he, a win? He did. He was talking – he talked a big game, and and they beat him up for it. Yeah, I think <laughs> they beat him up for it. It was it was fun to watch. Uh, over to ODU as ODU is now bowl bound. Check this out: down by ten points with a minute and thirty seven to go. Their chances of winning looked very slim. They kick a field goal. All of a sudden, down by seven. Instead of going for an onside kick, they kick it deep, get a sack and a safety, and just like that. ODU is now down by five. They get the kickoff or the punt after the safety. Go down and score with basically as time expires, a quarterback run. ODU wins the game 25-24. to They needed to win the final two games of the season, and they did. And with that, ODU is now bowl bound. And that's a that's huge news for the program, right? You just yeah. every college football team, their goal at the end of the season is is to just get to a bowl game and then try to win it from there. Huge for the program. Uh, One sad story from ODU, though. Jason Henderson, their linebacker, we spotlighted him all season as he led the country in tackles last year, was leading the country in tackles once again, had a serious leg injury in the first quarter. ODU faithful feel like it may be a bad injury. Uh, But look, second bowl in three years. Crazy up-and-down season, but they saved it by getting in to a bowl game. So, uh, great job for the Monarchs. you got to love that for ODU. Uh, The Monarch miracle was that game on Saturday. Let's move over to JMU. So, the story all season long was, is JMU going to be able to make it into a bowl game? And last week, the NCAA came down hard on them, and they said, it's not happening. I'm sorry, JMU. We're sticking with our stupid, archaic, uh, you know, rule that makes no sense. And you're not allowed in. It's only the cool kids allowed in this club. Lame. And the James Madison Dukes 
were able to finish their season, though, 11-1 following the defeat to Appalachian State. They played uh, Coastal Carolina and won 56-14. And because of a few victories that were needed, were you following this story? So they needed 11 teams to win out of 23, and all those happened. So because of that, there were enough teams below 500. That's so because what, yeah. of that, JMU backdoored into a bowl game. Yep. <laughs> How about that for the Dukes? I, I'm kind of I'm happy for that. Now it would have been like hoopla. It would have been mania if they had, if they had defeated Appalachian State and finished the season 12 and 0. But first in the Sun Belt East, they'll be able to play for a Sun Belt title next season. Um, so good for JMU. So you've got JMU, ODU, and the. Monarchs, uh, JMU, ODU, and the Hokies, who will be in a bowl game of the local schools that I've been following. Obviously, Liberty also need to mention them. They're number 25 in the country right now, 12-0 on the season. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Stub, I might have an update on me getting some stuffing or turkey. Oh. My friends are hosting a Friendsgiving on Thursday. Okay. A little late Thanksgiving yeah. Friendsgiving. So I think I'm going to get some. I love that. And uh, one, one of my other buddies just had one. Last night, so maybe I could even hit him up That's for some leftovers. Because I really the, need the stuffing. With the friends giving, it depends on the group, but they they could make anything. Yeah, you know they might not even have stuffing. Do you think you might like, have to request whole, it? Yeah. Do you think Whole Foods and Giant still has stuffing, or do they throw all that stuff away by now? I don't know. I don't know why stuffing is a meal that we only eat for a week. I know it's, it's so it's good. so good. I, why do we ignore it at all other? Why it doesn't is it make seasonal? any sense. It's fantastic. To me. It, it really doesn't. Uh, but we did want to mix it up right now and talk about the latest in Hollywood and entertainment. The strikes are over, right? Oh, yeah. We're back to normal. Uh, there might be a visual effects strike still oh, going. Oh, really? That are you kinda, kidding me? That kind of hopped on at the end. I, I would, didn't know I about to that. I need to check that. Wow. That's, it, like, that's like annoying. The, the Disney visual effects artists yeah. went on strike or All at right. least voted to. I, yeah, I haven't checked in on that as much. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not up to date on that. That's definitely not the lead story here on <laughs> Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, uh, let's start with the NBC broadcast last night, as a lot of people have been critical of Chris Collinsworth, right? It hasn't been the same without him working with Al Michaels. Mm. The Collinsworth slide was always a fun thing. And people usually like to make fun of him because he's always saying, oh, this is the biggest play of the game. This guy's the best wide receiver in football, and it's like a third-string wide receiver. But the, Collin <laughs> the Collinsworth hatred took a break last night as he was spending time with his family for Thanksgiving. Jason Garrett was brought, brought in to fill the void, and many viewers we're very critical of Jason Garrett. Of course, he's the former Dallas Cowboys head coach, and here were a few things that went viral on social media, according to Bro Bible. Several people were saying Jason Garrett is determined to break the record for Sunday night cliches. Apparently, all he was doing was dropping cliches. Jason Garrett does this uncomfortable laugh anytime he says anything. <laughs> Why does Jason Garrett giggle after every comment? I didn't know how much I needed Chris Collinsworth in my life until they stuck Jason Garrett in the booth. <laughs> Nothing kills a big game lot vibe like Jason Garrett. 
It's like watching Boogie Nights with your parents. I saw that <laughs> one. That was from Pro Football Commentator, PFT. Um, for those who complain about Collinsworth, well, enjoy Jason Garrett. I didn't I don't think I noticed it that much last night. I was to be honest with you, I was kind of listening to music and watching the game because I thought it was going to be a boring game. And then, like, third, fourth quarter came around, and I was like, you know what? I need to turn up the volume. Uh-huh. It's yeah, entertaining. I, I, like, I already told you this, but the first half, I didn't have the sound <laughs> on at all because I was doing something else. So I wasn't really catching this commentary yeah. thing. But, hey, I, it, it's like, I, I think it's a bit of a, it's like the most coveted job, I feel like, to be a an NFL play-by-play guy. Yeah. So I, I think people are just always going to be hypercritical of whoever they play Oh, yeah. Do. I think people were, have been mad at Greg Olson, too. I think he does a decent job. But uh, there's another story on Netflix that I found interesting. James Cameron, of course. Big Jim. Known for all of his amazing movies. What's your favorite James Cameron movie? Uh, Terminator. Terminator? Yep. All right. That's, that's, that's not bad. Uh, it's good choice. I, I always have said that Terminator Two is better than the original. And actually, that's the common opinion. Yeah. Okay. And I, I just kind of. So you're calling me basic. <laughs> I'm calling you basic. I, I don't know. I, I watched them back to back, and I think I just liked the first one a little bit more. So I loved James Cameron when the original Avatar came out. For some reason, that movie hit differently for me. I saw it in 3D, then saw it again in my basement with one of, one of my buddies, and we both said, oh, it's the best movie ever. It's a mix of Pocahontas and Fern Gully, which we loved as a kid, and the blue people, and I was all in. Then he made me wait 14 years to watch Avatar 2, and because of that, I didn't go see it in theaters. I said, sorry, Jim. Sorry, James Cameron. I'm not paying you money for waiting 14 years for me to watch the sequel. Well, now... They've already decided Avatar 3 is going to not come out until December 2025. Then Avatar 4 in 2029. Avatar 5, 2031. Will I still be breathing? Who knows? But he's also said, and most recently in an interview, he plans on continuing making movies. But he will only use his main production hub in New Zealand. He will only make movies in New Zealand from now on. What What is up with that? I, 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 you know, I guess... Avatar is such a movie that takes place on a soundstage. You know, why not just do it in... It kind of... To me, it seems like he's retiring, but it's like a... He's like, retirement... My retirement home is New Zealand. I'll still make movies in this beautiful land with great weather, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to the desert anymore or anything like that. Hey, fair enough. You know, if if it's still good, I don't think it will be. I didn't like Avatar 2. Yeah. But he, he... he can cash in his check all he wants. Good for him. Yeah. What did you want to bring up on Netflix today? Uh, we can look at the box office from this weekend. Okay. Anything as, good come out? Uh, there were two big movies this weekend, but neither of them charted at number one because The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes from the previous weekend is still at number one. How many Hunger Games originally came out? Four. And have you seen all four? Yes. I only saw the first one, and I wasn't... Didn't You know what? Didn't love it. Really didn't. Yeah, it most including me would say the second is the best one. Okay. Um, I you know I, what? I'm just not the biggest Jennifer Lawrence fan. Ah, yeah, yeah. I think she's she, her recent stuff. Did you hear? Did you see No good. Hard Feelings? No, I, I keep meaning to. I started that in Disney. wasn't for me. Ah, wasn't okay, for fair me. enough. Fair yeah. enough. But uh, this one, no J Law, in this one. It's like oh, a prequel. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a. Prequel. Oh, I didn't know that. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a. So who's the star? Uh, Rachel Zegler. Don't know who she, she is. She was in West Side Story, and she's the girl that was going to be Snow White. Maybe she still is going to be Snow White in the live action. There's <laughs> okay. been some controversy there. So are you interested in seeing this movie? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. There's some yeah. other stuff I want to see, too. Like, number two, uh, Napoleon. Yeah. Came out. 
Really I've heard that that was really good, uh, and it was gory. But did you hear that Ridley Scott's doing his own uh, bit where he's got his Ridley Scott cut that's over four hours long? I'm sure he And does. he's going to release that later on. He... And so people are saying, hey, you should wait until he releases his four-plus-hour cut so you can see his full masterpiece. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> you have a thing that. against three-hour-plus movies. Yes, I do. Uh, because you got to earn it. And I've been hearing mixed things about this movie. He's been going... Uh, uh, Mr. Scott's been going off on Twitter. I don't know if yeah. you've been noticing of him being like, yeah, the movie's not historically accurate. If you dis- if you <laughs> are pointing it out, you're a nerd. Eh, whatever. You know, the movie's about Napoleon. Maybe we can be a little accurate. A little accurate? <laughs> you yeah. Know, maybe that's something that we can think about. Yeah, I know. Because like, if you're not going to be accurate, just name the name, the main character, you know, another Italian name. Yeah, you know, you know like, make him you, Leopold. If you got a movie you want to make, you know, what? A, hey, Joaquin's in it, so you're uh, gonna. Here's the thing: is you're gonna see it, you're gonna love it. And I'm that's gonna the see truth. it. I'm gonna see it because I watch every movie that's nominated for an Oscar, yeah. and it will be probably. So we'll get there when we get there. What is what was number three on the box? Uh, Wish. When, and that's With, the Disney. That's thing. a new Disney movie underperforming Ugh. horrifically. Yeah. Uh, their hundred year celebration movie. Uh, this is. Do you would do you care if I spoil the end credit scene of Wish for you? No. Go ahead. Okay. Apparently, the end of the movie, sort of in in a Marvel style way, sets up all the Disney movies to be an interconnected universe. Oh, what? Like like the 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 villain of Wish turns out to be the the mirror, the mirror face guy. Oh my! From Shrek. Yeah, but from, from other things from, uh, too. From yeah, Snow right. White, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the donkey is at the end of the movie is like I'm headed to Zootopia. Oh, you know, like oh, that's, uh, like that's too much. Yeah, it's. Uh, when does when does Oppenheimer Oppenheimer release to streaming services? Is it not already? Is it is it out is there? It, I, I don't, it's just been out for a while. Let me let me look that up because I I, I still want to see it. Um, that's the one movie that's that I haven't seen that I really want to see. It does say. It will be out late November. I don't know if oh, is it's this, pretty this late is pretty November. late November. Yeah. <laughs> not, not much time left on that yeah. one. Maybe may, I might have to pay for it though on Prime. It, it's probably one of the. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Nineteen ninety nine. You know, I'll wait another few months. Yeah, maybe <laughs> uh, you know you could get some friends over that haven't seen it. Split it. Yeah. But yeah. No. But my rule is, I will pay four ninety nine for a movie. That's the most I will pay. Yeah, the most I'll pay is uh, two. Yeah, two ninety nine or one ninety nine. One ninety nine. If it's on like sale to rent. Yeah. All uh, right. Um, uh, I haven't. You know what? Um, one of the bartenders in Disney was really hyping up the creator. Did you go see that yet? I didn't. It yeah. looked kind of uninspired. I know. I, I, I just love, love. I love him from the, the the actor from Tenet. Yeah, he's great, and it's Gareth Edwards, director. He did Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I was not the biggest Rogue One guy. Okay. Which I've I've gotten a lot of hate about not liking that movie, but I'm gonna stand by it. Huh. Uh, okay. Oh, box office number four: the third Trolls movie, the DreamWorks animated one with Anna Kendrick and no, Justin Timberlake. No thanks. Uh, number five was Thanksgiving, which is a horror movie set on Thanksgiving. Oh, I a lot of people were sending that me, that movie. Isn't that the one where the turkey goes crazy? I, I've seen nothing about it. I <laughs> I've heard it, I've heard it was but... worse than Cocaine Bear. Like really? It's, yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Cocaine Bear was a disappointment. And you you do like weird horror movies, so I'm I surprised okay. you haven't seen it. So I like weird horror movies from before the year 1990. Okay. Because that back then to make something like that, you gotta have you gotta be weird and have a lot of money. Yeah. Now anyone can make a bad movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It had to be some some visionary who had a bunch of money they shouldn't have making something odd. But some uh, Cocaine Bear, eh. not for me. 
not for me. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If we have any movie or TV news that we missed, you can always tweet us at 910 The Fan or call in 833-804-0910. We'll run around local sports with CBS 6's Lane Casadante coming up next.